You're listening to the B-School Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Elise Morrison, embodiment coach and founder of Inner Workout. Consider B-School your invitation to becoming a student of yourself. So come on, let's get studying. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of B-School. Today's guest is, I already know she's going to drop so much wisdom. We have Carrie Dunn, who is an HR consultant and a career coach, who's going to talk to us about what it looks like to intuitively build your career. So Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I'm so excited to do this. I am really jazzed about you being here. One thing that I talk about a lot on the show is this concept of redefining success and really understanding what success means to me and what success means to you and how those can look different. I know that a lot of the stories that we pick up, especially growing up in Western societies, is that you do super well in school and then you go to college and then you get a good job. And then once you've checked those boxes, it's kind of like, okay, now you're just on your own. Now you just do this career thing. So where do you think people should start as we're approaching career building? We have to start there. You have to start at the definition, right? Because what is a good job? I mean, that that's so different for so many people. And I think that, you know, when, when I work with people and, you know, whether it's professionally or in my personal life, we, we start by taking an inventory and we really try to get in touch with, you know, the, the work that, that they're passionate about, the values, the qualities, the benefits, the lifestyles, like those things that are really authentic to who you are and really drive your definition of success because there's so much noise, right? There's noise everywhere. It's from our parents and it's from our siblings and our friends and our spouse and, and just the, you know, just society and just the messaging that's out there. Um, a good job, it just means so many different things to so many different people. And if you aren't kind of constantly figuring out what a good job or what a meaningful career means to you, you're, you're going to lose that meaning because it's also going to change a lot, right? Like, I'm sure your definition is not the same as, you know, it was when you were 15, as it is, you know, when you get right out of school, as it is now, you know, it's going to constantly change. So I think that that's where you have to start. You have to just truly get in touch with yourself and figure out what's really, truly important to you. I love that because I'm someone who's made a lot of shifts in my career. I started out in a very corporate job at Allstate's headquarters in a leadership development program. Then I left and went to startup land. And then I went back to Allstate to their startup, which wasn't really a startup. And now I'm on my own slash doing a little bit of part-time work. So I think that I've made a lot of changes, but I've made those changes because I've started to realize, oh, climbing the ladder at this corporate job actually isn't what's going to do it for me career-wise. Like, yeah, I mm-hmm. could do that. And I think that's something that's been interesting too, understanding the difference between like what you can do and what you are capable of doing versus what you actually want to do and what will be fulfilling to you. Yeah, I think those are, you know, they can they can be the same thing, of course, but they can be very different things. And I think, again, like when you're letting that messaging kind of get in and dictate, you know, how you define success and what you do with your life. I mean, that's where that's where things can start to go wrong, you know, and there's, 
there's a part of this where, you know, where you're also learning what you don't want, right? So you're going to make mistakes and you're going to go to school for the wrong thing. And you're going to, you know, take a job that doesn't serve you in the right way. And, you know, those are really valuable experiences too, because it's going to teach you so much about what you don't want. And that that's a, that's a list that you have to have too. And so I think that that's still really valuable experience. So no one should ever feel, you know, discouraged by taking lots of diversions on the path or, you know, taking a long time to figure it out. You know, both of those lists are going to be the most important things to have in your career building and your development and and in what makes you really happy in life in general. And I hope that's encouraging to people listening. I know I talk to friends who are just like, man, I wish I knew what my thing was, what I was meant to be doing, what my calling or purpose is. And it's something that's unfolding. So yes, we're going to sometimes take mm-hmm. one step forward and 50 steps back, but this process is is unfolding and we're getting to know more about ourselves. Yeah. And it's a lifelong process. You know, you, there is not necessarily an, you know, like an end to all of this. You're going to continue to evolve as a human being. And then therefore your work is going to evolve in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, it, it's just going to constantly change. I always, my friends and I have a, uh, a game where we, we talk about our retirement jobs, you know, because, it, because again, it's like what's, what you're really passionate about, what you're really excited about. And like my retirement job is to work at a florist, by the way. I'm very excited. But again, like when, when I'm at that age, like my life will have changed. That's okay. Like it, you know, hopefully I'll still be a florist, but you just never know. So I think that keeping those things forefront is really important. And I think, especially for people, you know, I know we'll get into it, but obviously this is a really hard time for people in just so many ways. But I think especially for people that are on a job hunt and are doing a job search, there there's times when you ha- you have to be a little desperate and you might take things that aren't really right for you or take an interview that doesn't feel great or whatever that is. But you, if you know it, you know, and if you keep that at the forefront and you, you, but you know, what's important to you as well, you can do those kinds of things. If you have to, you have to, that's a reality for people, but you also have to know what is important to you, what kinds of things you won't compromise on. And if you don't know that going in, you might make some mistakes that, that are harder to correct. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's actually a perfect transition because Part of the reason the work that you do is so valuable right now is because so many people are experiencing transitions in their career right now, whether Mm -hmm. they have been furloughed, whether they've been laid off, whether they are realizing things about their coworkers or the type of work that they want to go into post Mm -hmm. this time. There's this sense that people are looking for jobs even as a backup, just like I like my job, but maybe I need to be open to new things because I don't know how long I have this job. So what should people be aware of as they're starting to build out their resume and cover letters and go back out into the job market? Yeah. So I, you know, I I teach an undergraduate course um, that is a career development course as well. And we actually just finished our resume module. Um, And it's really interesting because you know, when you teach and and when you're doing something structured, you always want to put rules around it, right? You want to put like, you know, this is the way you do this. And it's exactly like this. And this is how we grade you. And when it comes to a resume, there are no real rules. There just aren't, you know, there, there's guidelines. I'll I'll definitely tell you the things that I consistently give as advice, because there, there is a consistency for me, but there are no real rules. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, 
it needs to be a marketing tool for your own personal brand. And that's going to look really different for everyone. And that's going to look really different for everyone at different points in their lives and also at different points in their job search for different kinds of roles and industries. Ultimately, your resume has to make you feel really confident and really proud. And whatever that means to you is what that resume needs to look like. Having said that, I do have kind of a consistent stream of advice that I give to people, both in my coaching and my consulting and and then just personally. Your resume has to be about accomplishments and not just responsibilities. So on my blog on the website, we have a great post about smart goal setting. And I, I listened to your previous episode about goal setting as well. I feel like it really aligned very well. I think you you and I are kind of on the same page there. Uh, the SMART goal concept, it translates really well into accomplishments that can be listed under a role. Um, so instead of just, you know, created an internship program, it's implemented, you know, the first internship program within a two-month time span that hired on 300 interns for 35 different departments. That's so different. There's such different ways of saying the same thing. But the smart concept is the way that you want to go with it, for sure. I think the other thing I say to people a lot, especially like if you're starting from scratch, it can feel very overwhelming, whether that's a scratch resume, or it's just adding a new job to your resume because you haven't updated it in a while. Um, look at your recent to-do lists, your work to-do list, your school to-do list, and add that stuff on there. That's going to give you a really good idea of how you spend your time. Because some people are like, you know, I do everything. You know, my boss asked me to do all these jobs. I, I wear seven hats, you know, but what do you truly do? Look at your to-do list. Look at your schedule for the last couple of weeks. That's what should be on there. Absolutely. And customize it, customize it, customize it. Whatever role you're applying for, whatever company it is, whatever industry it is, just keep customizing it for that job. You can't always do it. Sometimes you're going to see a role, you're going to want to apply, you're going to do it in under 30 seconds. I get it. But when you have five to 10 minutes to customize your resume to that job, customize it. It makes so much difference, especially if it's your dream job. Spend a lot of time customizing it. These are all really helpful tips. And I love getting them from your perspective because a lot of times, and it's been a while since I've like really applied for a job, the part-time job that I had mm-hmm. before was through a mentor. And so like, yes, we did talk about our skills, but there is a different relationship. And that's a whole other piece is the importance of relationship building as you're, as you're yeah. looking for jobs. Because yeah. isn't there a crazy statistic? And this isn't something I planned on talking about at all, but isn't there a crazy statistic about like, the number of jobs that are never actually posted on a job board. Am I making that up? Yes. No, there is. I I don't know it off the top of my head, but there is. And I, I will say, you know, even just my personal experience in terms of my own career, the most success I've had in terms of interviewing, you know, getting positions at companies, it's been in jobs that have never been posted to the public. It's, it's definitely the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a little side note, but there is a lot of power in Mm -hmm. building relationships and talking to people because you may get opportunities that never were going to make it to LinkedIn or whatever Mm -hmm. job board your your job board of choice is. 
Yeah. And we like LinkedIn. I like Indeed a lot too and Glassdoor. So obviously if people need to go on, I think those are the top three. But what you're saying is right. Having your network be really strong and kind of constantly cultivating that network is really important. So I have a concept. um, It's not my concept. It's it's from Forbes, but uh, there's a concept out there called a uh, personal board of directors And it's, you know, it's similar to having kind of like a, you know, a tribe or, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, especially in like a more holistic sense. But it's a, you know, a personal board of directors for your own personal career development, your own personal brand. And that's going to be a lot of different kinds of people for you, right? It's going to be maybe be your husband, but it's also going to be your last boss and it's going to be your professor and it's going to be someone you never worked with, but you just, you know, as a family friend or you linked up with on LinkedIn, that's your personal board of directors. And those people are going to not only be great references for you if they're appropriate, you know, professional references, but they are also going to help you to, you know, focus your your job search, focus what's important to you and kind of constantly check in with that. But it's also going to be obviously people that you're really well networked with and people that might be able to open opportunities for you that you might not otherwise see. So a personal board of directors is a concept I utilize a lot in my work. We have a great uh, blog post that's called a job search toolkit. And there's a whole spreadsheet to keep yourself organized. There's a lot of more kind of mindful concepts in there. It's practical and and organizational for one, because that's really important in a job search. But it also has some more mindful concepts in there about the personal board of directors, you know, keeping track of like their birthdays and the last time you guys checked in with each other. And then it's also got, you know, things that are important to you and a ranking system that allows you to track that. So that those are tools that I think will help you to stay on the right path, but also open those doors that help you get jobs. That sounds like an amazing resource. I'm excited that people are going to have the opportunity to check that out because, yeah, there's a lot that goes into a job search. There's People say that like looking for a job can end up being a full-time job almost because you're going to tap into your network and you're looking at, did I apply to that? Did they follow up with me? Did they not? Now I'm getting multiple offers. How do I know which one I want? So it sounds like your spreadsheet and that blog post in general really addresses a lot of that. I am curious as someone who is kind of our peek into the other side when it comes to job hunting, what's one thing that you just wished everyone who was a job seeker knew about the job hunting process? I mean, I think it's so it's staying well organized is such a key. And I I think I've beat that over the head a couple of times at this point. But I I don't think I can overstress how important it is to stay really organized, whether you use the spreadsheet we offer or you use your own spreadsheet, use a spreadsheet, just make sure that you're staying really organized and staying really organized with your network, too, um, so that you want you know exactly where you're at. If you see a great job pop up at you know, J Crew. you know that you know the design assistant that used to work there. You know, if you, you know, if your dream job comes up and, you know, it's something that you haven't done before, you know that someone in your network or someone in your personal board of directors, their daughter does that exact same job and she can help you to prep for an interview with them. It's stay organized. It's really going to be helpful. 
I think if you're not super organized or if you are love to be very, very organized, I think creating an email address just for your job search is a great idea. Honestly, just create a Gmail that's only for your job search. Uh, make sure it's professional in nature, maybe not, you know, dog lover 1982 or anything, um, you know, use something professional, but I promise, um, but uh, it's going to help, but use your own job in email job search. You know, if you want to like put, send all of your alerts there, send your, your Google alerts, your LinkedIn alerts, your Indeed alerts. And if you haven't set them, set them now, make sure that they're automated, make sure you're getting those jobs in your inbox, but send them there if you want to and do all your correspondence there, apply through there and just keep everything there. That's an awesome way to stay organized organized um, for either someone, again, that is not very organized or someone that's hyper organized, that's going to work out really, really well. I love that. That is something so simple that if I am ever on the job market again, knock on wood, <laughs> that this entrepreneurship thing works out. But I, that is such a simple thing. I find even just in having like all my, I have multiple work emails, but all of my work emails in one place and then my personal email in one place. And I could see that too for like having this job place. And you know that when you go there, yeah, that's when you're in job searching mindset. Man, that is so simple, but so good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So now we'll transition into the lightning questions that I ask everyone who comes on the show. The first question that I have is, what's something that you've learned recently that you're excited about? And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be related to HR job hunting, but it might be as well. I love that. Um, so something I've learned recently, so it, my family has made a decision before um, the coronavirus and everything that's going on, we made a decision to live more simply and live more minimally and live more sustainably. So, um, you know, we were in a big house in a, you know, a busy neighborhood. I work in New York City and, you know, I did, I don't right now. And, and we decided to make a transition. So we've moved into a tiny house and, um, you know, I haven't started my farm or anything yet, but I swear someday I'm going to. And I'm just sort of learning what I want to do with the extra time I have now, you know, when I'm not taking care of a home that I own, we're, we're renting, which is great. Other people take care of lots of the things for us. And we're using our primary residence as an income property. And we just really decided to, you know, make time for things that were important to us. Maybe mowing the lawn wasn't as important to us right now. But, you know, borrowing more books from the library was really important to us, you know, spending more time as a family. And, you know, those are the kinds of things I'm learning now is what kinds of things I want to put into that time that I, I used to spend on our very, very busy life. So that's what we've been doing. It's a big change. Wow. I could do a whole podcast episode just asking you about what that process looked like, because that sounds like a pretty mm -hmm. big life change, but I can't do that right now. But offline, I might ask you some more questions because I'm curious. Um, yeah. What is something that you're in the process of unlearning? Yeah. So I think... I mean, I think it's going to be along the same lines. And I also think it's going to be kind of something we're all unlearning is that kind of concept and state of a constant busyness. So, you know, every time my, you know, my parents call it, you know, how was your week? You know, I say, oh, so busy, so busy. A couple months ago, I started to say, you know, it, it's so full, you know, my day was so full. How was your day? It's so full, which honestly really helped me to live more in like a state of 
I get to do this rather than I have to do this, right? I get to make choices about how I spend my time and I get to kind of breed gratitude and mindfulness in the way that I speak. So instead of constantly being busy, saying I'm busy, I say things are full. You know, my life is really full. And it's just really that kind of verbiage and and talking about what I get to do rather than what I have to do. It's really kind of changed my mindset quite a bit. So it's been really helpful, but I think it's still going to take some time to kind of get natural. So, Yeah, that's something that I've been more aware of in my language as well is, like you said, saying that there is a fullness to your day feels different than saying that there is a busyness. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's like this idea of if my day was full, it was infused with meaning and things that were exciting and aligning to me. Whereas if my day was busy, that sounds like there was a lot of things put on my schedule that may or may not be leading me to where I want to go. So I found that that distinction can make a big difference even in how you perceive your day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you said it really well. I think that it has that different connotation to it. And there's probably another extreme we can all get to from that. We'll go to full and then we'll go to something else. But for me, full is kind of like, the next rung on the ladder. So it's it's been really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully some other people will steal that. <laughs> and then finally, what's a way that you've grown that you're proud of? And this is your chance to really celebrate yourself. Oh, I mean, I think I think it's a lot of what I teach um, and what what I mentor towards, what I coach towards. And it is that separation of my personal definition of success from the messaging that's around me. It's been really hard to do. It's very difficult. And I I work on this every second of every day. I have to be honest, it's a real it's a real area of improvement for me, something I'd like to really work on. But it helps me to live a more authentic life for me and my family. Um, It's been so important to me to do this shift to this more simple, minimal, sustainable kind of downshift life. And that's a choice that I made. And I made that choice after taking a lot of time to really define my own success and not define it by other people's standards. You know, no matter where you live in the world, you're going to have a lot of that. But I live right outside of New York City. So if you can kind of imagine the definition that that is out here, it's a it's a very specific one. And I've decided to change that for myself. So it's hard. It's different. It's the tougher road, I think, in a lot of ways, but maybe not in all the ways. And it's just been amazing. It's, it's been a really nice change and it feels so right. So I've, I've really loved it. And, and I'm really proud that we made the move that we did. I love that. I appreciate you sharing and all of those answers that I, I hear from people about ways that they've grown. They just always warm my heart because there's this sense of like, vulnerability. And there's also just, I I wish people would celebrate more, especially women would celebrate more. So I appreciate you sharing mm-hmm. that growth with us and giving yourself a moment to kind of pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Thanks for letting me have it. Wonderful. Well, if people, you, you shared so many resources in our time together, but I know you mentioned that you've got your blog where a lot of those resources live. If people want to be connected to everything it is that Easton Everly, which is your company, has to offer, where can they stay connected with you? 
Yeah. So we're on Instagram under Easton Eversley. Um, and then we've got our website, of course. So it's www.eastendeversley.com. Our blog is there. So it's just all that slash blog. Um, the blog is great resources for job searchers for people who need career coaching, things like that. We also offer those services, obviously, as well. And all of that stuff is going to be on the website. Or you can get me through the Instagram. We actually talk quite a bit with people through Instagram. So Awesome. And all of those things will be linked in the show notes. So if you didn't catch that or you're not sure how to spell something, don't worry. It'll be in the show notes. Carrie, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Taylor. This is great. Thanks to Andres Rodriguez for the intro and outro music. You can keep in touch with me on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison. Elise is E-L-Y-S-E. And check out the resources on my website at taylorelise.com.